This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here. Your guests, we welcome you. You know, if you think back a year ago at this time, we weren't able to do this. So I'm very, very grateful to be able to look in your eyes and see. We had to celebrate that fact alone. That we're here again. We're healthy and whole. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I welcome all of you. If you're a guest, again, we welcome you. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. And we like to call our Bible around here our owner's manual. So if you need an owner's manual, get your hand up. Our ushers would gladly get you one. Once you get your Bible, go with me to Hebrews chapter 9. And so we'll begin this little journey on the Easter Sunday today. I, I promise you by the time we get to the end, we'll get to the tomb. It's going to take me a little bit to get there this morning. You know, I, I think sometimes with um, Christmas and Easter, if, if we're not careful, we, we celebrate these two great days for the wrong reasons. And you know, it's very easy to get caught up here at Easter, and I, I see many of you ladies, you look great with your dresses, and some of you men look handsome, even in pink shirts. It's awesome. <laughs> and then it's very easy to get over on the Easter bunny, the, the hunting of eggs. If I'm not careful, my focus is on the Easter meal with family. And those things are all great things, but, but we got to stay with the main thing, Okay. We've got to stay with the reason we celebrate this today. So as we go here into Hebrews 9, th this chapter can be very wordy. So we're going to do our best to present some things to you today just to begin to make you think. And I'm, I'm going to give you a thought as I begin. Now, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he said, God has placed eternity within our hearts. And so I pray today that if eternity in your heart is not real and alive, it will be by the time you leave today, okay? Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ Jesus came as the high priest of good things to come. Not, not of bad things. He came of good things to come. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, or he's saying better yet, it's not man-made. And he ends this with, and that not of this creation or the things of this world. So everything the Lord Jesus came to do for greater things or better things, it resonates out of heaven. Verse 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, and having obtained eternal redemption. For who? For mankind. Now, when you see what he says here, that he came with his own blood, I, I like to say it this way, that every one of us in here, we were bought with a price and paid in full with one sacrifice. And with it came a warranty that only Jesus could make. And the warranty that Jesus put on this because of his blood wasn't 90 days, same as cash. It is marked for eternity. The blood of Jesus is for eternity. And this is kind of what this begins to tell us. Verse number 13. For if the blood and bulls and goats, the ashes of a heifer, the sprinkling the unclean, it sanctifies or sets apart for the purifying or the cleansing of the flesh 
And remember, that was what took place in the Old Testament. Every year, they would have to take the blood of these animals as a sacrifice. But he says here in verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serving the living God? Now, this is what the blood of Jesus did for us. To help us understand this a little bit, I'm, I'm going to take you on a little passage, but you don't have to turn there. This is all in Exodus 12. So remember when the Israelites were going to get out of the, the control of the Pharaoh, that, that God had sent plague after plague upon them, and the last one was the plague of death. So God had an idea, and he told Moses, he said, you got to tell them, they got to get a male lamb. That's without spot or blemish. And about three o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to have to kill him. And the reason they had to kill him is they had to have the blood. And then the Lord told Moses, he said, you take that blood and you mark it on your doorposts, your door frames, and your lintels. In other words, you mark your house by the blood of the lamb. And then after you've marked your home with the blood, he said, you'll eat the lamb. Every bit of that right there is significance or symbolic of when we partake of the communion elements, the blood and the broken body. And remember, when we take of the communion elements, the apostle Paul said, do this in remembrance of me. Don't, don't ever forget the sacrifice that was made for you. Now, at the end of that passage, the Lord said, the only thing on that night that when judgment comes and the judgment was death and destruction, the only thing that would matter is your life marked by the blood. Doesn't matter where you were born. Doesn't matter what your portfolio says. Doesn't matter which side of the tracks you were born on. Doesn't matter who your parents were. The only thing that would matter that day are you marked by the blood? Now, I highlight this because everything we read about the, the blood of calves and the goats and all, it all was symbolizing the Lamb of, of God, Jesus, His blood. Turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 2. Romans 2, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit already, but that's okay. Romans chapter 2. So if we would have stayed there a little longer. His blood was for the remission of our sin. The, the only way that there could be remission of sin, there had to be the shedding of the blood. Romans chapter 2, and I'm going to cut some of these scriptures here for time's sake, but I'm going to begin. And in my Bible, the, sub, the subtitle above Romans 2 was God's righteous judgment. So begin with me, Romans 2 verse 4. Or do you not despise the riches of his goodness? forbearance, and long-suffering. Better stated right here, don't, don't despise his kindness, his tolerance, and his patience. The very next thing he says, not knowing, or does this mean you know nothing about his kindness, his tolerance, and his patience? So because of his kindness, his tolerance, and his patience, oftentimes as human beings, we think because God doesn't deal with us immediately, he's okay with the way I'm living. He's not. 
Now, with that said, look how he ends verse 4. That the goodness of God would actually lead us to repentance. His kindness toward me and you is to get us to a place where we confess our sin and we turn from it. Now, I love that verse right there. The goodness of God, not the angriness of God, but the goodness of God is what leads me to a place that says, Father God, I blew it. Verse 5. But in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, better stated, because of your calloused heart and your stubbornness, you are treasuring up, you are piling up, you are storing up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteousness judgment of God. And so what he's talking about here is you're piling up judgment that's going to happen against yourself. Verse 6. Who will render to each one according to his deeds. Now there's no way that, that you make it into heaven because of your good deeds. The only way you make it into heaven is salvation is a gift. But every one of us in here are going to stand before the judgment of God. Now, the reason I'm highlighting that today, I don't want you to get blindsided by this. There will come a day when we're going to stand before God. Say, yes, pastor, I get it. I get it. Okay, we'll keep moving on then. Verse 7. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality or eternal life. Now, what you begin to see right here with what he was talking about, I do not get saved again by good deeds. But the good deeds are a response that how grateful I am to Father God. I'm, I'm grateful, Father God, for everything you've done. Now, getting back to the area of judgment, as I go through scriptures, I find out that God is very, very consistent with his judgment. If you were to go back and look with the Israelites in Exodus 12, he had warned and warned, without the marking of the blood, you're going to experience death and destruction. If we had time, we could go to the book of Joshua chapter 2. There was a woman who lived in Jericho named Rahab. Remember, the, the Lord's men, his, his messenger said, the only thing that'll save you today is your house is marked by the blood, that scarlet cord. Everybody else, they're going to get wiped out. They're going to get destroyed. Now, when this day of judgment comes, you remember the old cartoon when the guy would say, biddy, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> we can kind of laugh about that right here. But on the day of judgment, when that takes place, that's it. Your and mine, our eternal destiny will be sealed. Forever. So John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
So what God did, God manifested his love through his son. And he sent his son here. And because of what Jesus did, it destroyed sin, death, and the devil for all people who would do two things. Number one, I must believe in Jesus, but believing in Jesus isn't the only way you get to heaven because in James it says, even the devils believe. So I must believe in Jesus, but I also must receive Jesus. And I ask him to come into my heart and I ask him to be Lord of my life. And so when I read John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he, he gave, he loved. God doesn't want to frighten you into eternity. He wants to love you into eternity. That's why we're talking about this today. Now, all through the New Testament, the Lord Jesus would warn his disciples of this. He'd say, the day is coming when I'm going to be mocked, I'm going to be tortured, and I'm going to be crucified. And every occasion that he would say that, then he would end with this, but in three days I'll rise. In three days I'll rise. He told them over and over. Now, go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 23. Luke 23, and I know some of you are great note takers. I'll be in Luke 23 and then Luke 24. So as we're heading here to Luke 23, we go back to last Friday. A day that's called Good Friday. And we know through the scriptures that Jesus was mocked, he was tortured, and now he's crucified. So about three o'clock on Friday afternoon, the Lord Jesus' last words were, it is finished. The plan of redemption for mankind, it is finished. And when I read it is finished, you know what it says to me? It was paid in full. Now, I don't know about you, but to this day, right now, I'm very grateful that our Lord and Savior, he paid it in full. I, I tell you, guys, we ought to be so grateful that he would, he would pay for everything in full. And so we know about three o'clock, the same time that they, they killed the lamb at the Passover, he died. And if we study scripture, when Jesus was crucified, on his right hand was a criminal, and on his left hand was a criminal. So we pick up now, Luke 23, verse 39. Then one of the criminals who was hanged or crucified began to blaspheme Jesus. He began to mock Jesus. He began to ridicule Jesus. And he said, if you are the Christ, save yourself and save us. Verse 40. But the other criminal answered, rebuked him. In my words, he looked at him and said, shut up, stupid. Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? In other words, hey, Pal, I think you forgot. Today, you're getting ready to die. You're going to be over. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. In other words, the one criminal says to the other, we're getting what we deserve. 
We deserve to die this death. But this man has done nothing wrong. Pay close attention. Then the criminal said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now what I see right here is this man repents of his sin. He receives Jesus as Lord of his life. And when you make Jesus Lord of your life, when he comes in your heart as Lord, you don't get what you deserve. There's three of you that like that. I don't know about you, I'm very grateful that there's going to come a day that I'm not going to get what I deserve. Now it's interesting, this guy, this criminal says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. But see, we have a lot of thoughts that when you die on this planet called earth, it's over. You're done. There's nothing else after that. But when he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom... This guy was getting ready to die, but yet, you know what this shows me? He knew that there was life after death. Now watch what Jesus' response to, because I believe his response here in verse 43 answers the question to the guy in verse 39 who said, if you're the Christ, save yourself and save us. And so Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. But this guy's on the verge of dying. So you know what Jesus just says to him? There's life after death. And because I'm Lord of your life, you'll experience paradise. And here's the thought for you. It doesn't matter how much sin you've committed. Jesus loved you enough to die for you. And I've been told many times, people said, God would never save me because all I've done. He did it right here. Now I'm going to give you another thought. The truth is the matter is every one of us in here are a bunch of criminals. But Jesus still saves criminals when I confess my sin and ask him to come into my life and be Lord. You ought to be shouting on stuff like this, okay? This, this is extremely powerful when we read this. Today you'll be with me in paradise. So he dies. Jesus dies. Luke 24, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Sunday morning, very early in the morning, they, I know it's Mary Magdalene and another Mary, and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had gathered or prepared. But they, all these women, found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And all these women went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as happened as all these women were greatly perplexed about this, behold, two men or two angels stood by them shining garments. Then as they, all these women were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when we were still in Galilee saying, the son of man must be del uh, delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, but the third day he'll rise again. And they remembered his words. You can trust Jesus' words. 
So you see here something about the resurrection. So when you see the resurrection here, it actually means the state of one risen from the dead. So when Jesus rose from the grave, it means that death had been conquered. And this one act of the Lord Jesus, it separates Christianity from all other religions. Jesus rose from the grave. The empty tomb and resurrection says there's life after death. There's more to just this earth. And so physical death isn't your termination. It's actually your transition. Because earth is your temporary residence. I begin to think about this this morning. You know, there's a lot of things in this life we don't get to choose. I didn't choose when I would be born into this earth. God did. And he graces every one of us with this thing called the gift of life. I didn't choose who my parents would be. God did. I didn't choose to be male or female. God did. You may want to highlight that one this morning. I didn't choose the color of my skin. God did. If I don't like the color of some person's skin, maybe I ought to take it up with God. Because God determined that. So you begin to see this. There's a lot of things that I don't choose and you don't choose. But one thing I know I do get to choose is where I'll spend eternity at. And you get to choose that too. And that's based on, do I believe about Jesus or do I doubt? Do I receive him or do I reject him? Now, the Lord Jesus said this in John 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way, the only way, the only way to the Father is through the Son. I believe that with all my heart. There's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to eternity in heaven, and it's through the Lord Jesus. Now, I can tell you right now, there's a lot of knockoff Jesuses, but there's only one Jesus. Only one. And he paid a price for me and you to go to eternity in heaven with him. He loves every one of us. So the story didn't just end at the cross. It ended at the tomb. Now, Just briefly, I'm going to share something that's happened to me in my life. For 40 years of my life now, I've lived by this owner's manual. I love the word of God. I believe in these scriptures. They've just become precious to me and so real to me. A little over two years ago, me and Shelly had the honor of going to Israel. And when I was in Israel, the things of the Bible literally came alive to me. So I, I, I can remember this, and like I said, this was well over two years ago now. I landed in Tel Aviv. The first night I stayed in Tel Aviv. 
The very next day, we started going up the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. I went to a place called Caesarea. From Caesarea, we jogged over to a place called Mount Carmel, where Elijah got down. I begin to sense the power of God where everything I've read about, here I am. That same day, I went to a place called Megiddo, the, armor of, uh, the Battle of Armageddon. Later on that day, I crossed over into the Sea of Galilee area and we went past Nazareth. I stayed in a town called Tiberias. The next day, I got to go to a city called Magdala, where Mary Magdalene was from. That same day, I went to a place called Capernaum, where Jesus did the majority of his miracles. I went to a place called the Sermon on the Mount. I stood in that area. That, that same day, I went to a far northern Israel, below Mount Hermon, to a place called Caesarea Philippi, which is Matthew 16. The next day, I get to go by the Jordan River where John the Baptist baptized the Lord Jesus, right there. And then I follow the Jordan River to the, the, the Dead Sea. We cross Jericho. And then the day came when I came around a corner and we were up really high. And there was Jerusalem. And, and as real as this is today to me, me and Shelley stood and we, we overlooked the city of the great king. And, and on this one side is the Mount of Olives, the Kidron Valley, the Temple Mount. The next day I got to go to Bethlehem to his birth. But then we made our way into a garden one day. As we walked through the garden, I, I could sense the power of God. And I went to a place called Golgotha, the skull, Calvary. And I can still see the picture of it. It, it still has a resemblance, the cliffs of a skull. And it became, became so real to me that this Savior died for me right there. And we walked several hundred feet to this tomb. You guys have the tomb for me? And I remember walking to the tomb. And you had to kneel down to see in. And as I knelt down, he wasn't there. Physically. But the presence of God came on me and Shelly so much that I, I, I cried for I don't know how long. Just begin to weep to understand that this is all real, guys. This isn't some fairy tale. Do you know in second or first Corinthians 2? Verse 9, it says, Eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor the things that God has put in the things or the hearts of mankind, the things he's prepared for us. You know, the first thing he's prepared for us is a place called paradise. And none of us in here fully understand that word paradise with him. 
See, most of us view of paradise would be kicking back at the beach of Cancun, not having to go to work for a week. We'd say, that's paradise. <laughs> it doesn't compare. It's not even the tip of the iceberg what he has. Let, let me tell you a little bit about this place called paradise. It's a place where me and you will have an opportunity to see our family members that have gone before us. Grandparents, siblings, some of you who lost children, some of you who never got to see your children that died at birth. This place called paradise is a place where there's no more tears. There's no more pain. There's no more fears. God has put eternity in our hearts. Now here's the truth today. If I don't ever take the first step and repent of my sins and ask Jesus to come into my heart, nothing else is going to matter, okay? There will be judgment, there will be death, and there will be destruction with it. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. He loved us all that much. And so my job is to tell you the truth. Jesus loves you. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet right there where you're at. ask you to bow your head right there with me. And when I talk about a place called eternity, that means forever. It's forever. I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit today that God is moving in here you know the condition of your heart today only you know if you'll make it or you won't make it now with every eye closed and every head down if you need to receive Jesus as Lord of your life if you don't know Today's your day to know. But it's your choice, okay? It's got to be your choice. It's not my choice. But if that's you today, I welcome you to step forward right now. And if you need to rededicate today, if that's you, to step forward today. See, I remember a couple years ago, there was a young lady that was leaving, and I was standing right here. And I looked at her, and I said, you know where you'll spend eternity at? She said, I, I, I think I'll go to heaven. And I said, this is one of these deals I don't want to think, I want to know. And she said, do you know where you'll spend eternity at? And I said, yeah. 
I'll spend eternity in heaven because I believe in Jesus. I receive Jesus. I've welcomed him in my life as a criminal. And so if you can't tell me, I know for sure. Again, we're, we're playing for eternity forever. So our praise and worship team is going to sing. And I, I welcome you to come down here and receive just Some of you may need eternity to come alive in your heart today. Or you say, Lord, come back in here, stir this back up within me. Go ahead and sing, God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.